Listener Production. If you're raising a child on your own, what's your biggest challenge? What do you worry about and how do you manage those worries? There's nothing I don't admire about single parents. This is episode nine of our special series, Parenting the Parent with Dr. Rebecca Ray, where we explore what it means to be a parent, the choices we make, the ways that we cope, and how we can turn old patterns into new actions. Feed, Play, Love with Siobhan Hunt and Rebecca Ray. Raising children can be exhausting. From the sleepless nights to negotiating their constantly changing needs, it can help to have another adult sharing the responsibility. But many of us are doing this parenting gig on our own. There's no other grown-up to take turns with nappies, making dinner or helping with big decisions like what school to enrol them in. So how do you cope when you're doing it all yourself? Dr. Rebecca Ray, clinical psychologist, author and mum, joins me to explore the challenges of single parenting. Hi, Beck. how are you? Hi, Chev. I'm well, thank you. What do you think some of the biggest challenges might be for single parents? When I look at the single parents that are around me, I am constantly in awe of the load that they carry. I think one of the biggest challenges has to be that the mental and the pragmatic load that they carry on a daily basis is what we otherwise split between two. And I think that's a huge thing. One of the things I have heard from solo parents is that it can get really lonely, like particularly when you're children are small, babies or toddlers, and there are less opportunities to get out. That feels like a really big thing to me. Especially considering new parenthood is already an isolating experience because you're a beginner. And being a beginner as an adult is a big thing, right? Yeah. Because we're used to being competent in our lives. And then all of a sudden we launch into parenthood and we're right back at the start line. Now, if you're doing that by yourself, then there's no one to share the uncertainty with. There's no one to share the, oh my goodness, are we doing the right thing? And so that adds a sense of isolation as well, is that you don't necessarily have someone right beside you that can share the late nights, the long nights, um, and then just not knowing how things are going to evolve together. And the other part about that sharing is nobody else really cares whether your child's poo is a certain colour or not. Like no one is going to share that with you. No one's going to care unless they have a vested interest in that child. I have a friend who doesn't have children and she said to me, we had lunch recently and we just talked about our dogs and she said to me, I really enjoy, she goes, don't don't take this the wrong way, but I really enjoy that you just don't talk about your child the whole time because she has <laughs> friends that have children that just talk about their kids. And that's true. No one really cares about your kid as much as you do. Yeah. It's just, it's just as simple as that. And so if you have someone that you're parenting alongside who has an investment in that child, even if that child is not biologically theirs, it helps you to feel like there's a connection there. There is the tiny little things that are such a big part of the parenting journey get shared and single parents don't necessarily have that. Now, there are some things we've touched on there that you can't change if you're a single parent. So that idea of having someone else to get up during the night, Mm. that kind of thing, you really... 
that's a practical reality of raising a child on your own. But the debrief at the end of the day, the thing where we share what our day has been like or the little things our child has done, why do we need that as humans and how can single parents tap into what others get from that debrief? What that debrief does is it creates a sense of connection. So we thrive as human beings because we have a biological need for connection from a belonging sense. That connection is a form of creating or reinforcing our sense that we belong to something, we belong to someone. So that debriefing is me reminding my partner that we belong together. It's you reminding your partner that we belong together. What that then does is means we're in this together. We're facing this, the bigness of living as a human and then raising a small human together. Now, when you're a single parent, you don't have that on a daily basis. So it's really important to then create it. And this is where I think the saying that it takes a village is incredibly important to realize that that's not just a cliche for a reason. It's a truth. Mm. Now, I think it's a truth, even if you're in a partnership raising kids, I still think it takes a village outside of your family system, but especially for single parents to create their own village, I think is essential for their own mental health. And also just the practicalities of raising a small person or small people in a demanding world. Is part of that process being able to accept help? Because I know that most of us struggle with that anyway, as parents asking for help. If you don't have that person to back you up with those things and you need to invite your village in, it feels challenging to me to actually be able to get to that place of saying, can you be part of my village? Yeah. How do you do that? It's interesting because I think if we just go back, you said uh, a minute ago that many of us uh, do struggle in asking for help. And I think that's particularly common for people who are incredibly independent and perhaps type A personalities where they're used to um, being the organisers, being the responsible one and making sure that everything is done. The day is organized. Um, being able to outsource organizing can feel like a recipe for inherently being let down at some point, especially if you've been surrounded by people who have let you down in the past. And this can be the case for single parents, especially if they've been in a partnership that didn't turn out well and they're much better off out of that partnership. But then they're still left with, hold on a second, this is a huge load as I try to raise this little person by myself. So to be able to start those conversations, we're not going to do that from any random just walking down the street. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't suggest that, okay? So the person that you're sitting at the bus stop next to perhaps is not going to form part of your village. Start with people who are very likely to share the same value system as you. Now, this is always going to be a test because the same way that you might go and see a new therapist. You need to find someone that seems like a good fit for you. It's the same as developing people in your village to be able to find those people that are a good fit for you. You might find the same in your child's school, just around the decisions that are made in terms of who you're spending time with. And it might also be in your child's activities that you might meet people. But then it's also about spending some time with those people to actually see if they do fit for you. I really encourage single parents 
to connect with people that feel like a great fit for them in whatever way they might meet those people. So if it's through other parents at daycare, if it's through um, outside of daycare activities or outside of school activities or via school, the same way that you would develop any friendship, start there. Do you have any suggestions on what to do when it all just feels too overwhelming? The first thing is it will because it does for all of us and that's not necessarily because you're doing anything wrong. I think sometimes when we feel alone with something, it's actually really easy to decide that we're defective, we're not good enough. And I think it's really important for us to say out loud that sometimes it's just going to be so hard and there's no way we can fix that. But that doesn't mean that you're wrong or you're you're lacking or you're not good enough. So I want you to think about compassion first. Your relationship with yourself is incredibly important when it comes to being able to ground yourself, perhaps if you're feeling anxious, especially, and to stabilise your mental health when it comes to a single parenting journey. To be able to understand that who you are being for yourself is just as important as who you're being for your child. So start with compassion. Be mindful of the self-talk that you're allowing to live rent-free in your head, particularly if that self-talk is critical. And instead, I want you to work on developing a voice that is not necessarily based in self-love. I have issues with the term self-love because I think it's very uh, unrealistic for many of us. I'd prefer that you come from a place of self-kindness. So instead of just having to work on this idea that you have to love yourself, just work on the idea that perhaps you could speak to yourself as if you were a friend today. Start there. I feel like boundaries might be something that single parents could find challenging because it's just them and everything's on them. So I have had friends who've really felt the absence of the other parent and felt like they really need to fill that space for their child as well. And I'm wondering if you have any thoughts on how single parents can have some healthy emotional boundaries in terms of how much they feel they need to give their child. Mm. When we're talking about emotional boundaries and practical boundaries, let's just acknowledge that you don't need to be perfect 100% of the time and your kid's not going to have their entire childhood messed up if they eat a frozen meal for dinner again tonight. Because in some seasons of life, life you can only do what you can do with the resources that you've got available. When we're talking about emotional boundaries, though, I think it's really important that you have emotional boundaries for you and what you need. So that also means, you know, making sure that you've got some time out, that you don't spend all the time that the kids are at school or at daycare working. <laughs> you know, perhaps there could be half an hour where you actually delay picking them up so that you can take a few breaths in the car and perhaps listen to your favourite music for a while. But there also needs to be emotional boundaries where you can allow yourself to be able to um, not put the pressure on yourself to be something that is impossible. So if there's a single parent listening that has a tendency to put the pressure on their own shoulders to be more than two parents, you know, to be very much compensating for what they perceive to be lacking in their child's life. 
If you remember nothing else from this episode, I would love you to remember that as long as you provide that emotional safety for your child, you're doing everything that's needed. You don't need more than one parent to do that. And sometimes the things children remember are completely different to how you remember them. Absolutely. So you could say, oh my God, I gave them Vegemite toast for dinner and that's something they remember with fondness. We had breakfast for dinner. It was so cool. I remember mum saying to me once that she thought she was being the worst mum in the world, putting leftover veggies in what she called a veggie casserole. She would just put it all in a baked dish and then put cheese and bacon bits on the top and put it in the oven. And we loved it. And she (laughs) thought that she was the worst mum ever. But how your kids read that is they're fed and they're happy. So there's nothing more for you to do. I think this also speaks to social conditioning though. And There can be a stigma placed on single parents, which I think is absolutely ridiculous and completely unnecessary, but it's left over from generations before who were told that they must be married in order to then go ahead and have a child. And it means that single parents are still left over thinking, well, I'm somehow less than if I've either chosen to do this journey by myself or if I was in a relationship and the relationship is subsequently broken down. Speaking of that social stigma, it just reminded me uh, something a a friend of mine who's a single mum mentioned to me that I hadn't thought of. She was talking about once being in a cafe with her little girl and loving being there with her, but then looking at families where there were two parents. And she felt really sad about that. And as you mentioned, there are definitely people who choose to be a single parent Mm -hmm. by choice. And then there are those who it was a matter of circumstance and they'd rather be in a partnership raising a child. How can those people manage that sadness or that grief that they don't have the family that perhaps they dreamed of or that they wanted for them and their child? My answer to this might feel counterintuitive because the answer is that you need to take the grief with you, not manage it, not fix it, not turn it off, but acknowledge it for what we all experience when life doesn't turn out the way we hoped it would um, or when it's very different to what we had anticipated or perhaps even planned for. That's hard. It's hard to look at a picture of your reality and say, this isn't the reality that I, I feel is ideal. It's not that you can't make it wonderful, but it means that in doing so, you then you initially need to grieve for what it's not before you can create what it will be. So those things form part of the same process. You acknowledging your grief as a parent is just as powerful as you planning on how you're going to parent your child, on how you're going to show up for them, on what kind of life and childhood you're creating for them. What you do within yourself sets the foundation for that. So please don't ignore the grief. Please don't try to gloss over it like you should just get over it because there's not enough hours in the day as it is and you just need to do this job, which is make sure that this child's okay. Actually, you're going to do a better job if you stop and you acknowledge that life is super unfair. That's the bad news. It is super unfair. And if it hasn't worked out exactly the way you wanted it to up until now, The beauty is you have control over your choices from here on in, but that doesn't mean that we turn off the pain that you're carrying because of what's happened before now. So single parents come in all shapes and sizes and 
you could find yourself a single parent by choice or by circumstance. And we know that many women now are choosing to be single parents by choice for whatever reasons. What advice would you have for them if it's a consciously planned thing that they know they're going to do on their own? Yep. How can they manage it well? All power to you. I am incredibly supportive of such a journey because I do think it's a really big thing to leave your biological clock up to chance. The chance that you might just meet the right person at the right time. Um, So if this is the path that you want to take, I'm really, um, I'm proud of you. And I'm really proud that you are able to access that empowerment within you to do that. Now, following on from what I've just said about the village though, is as much as you're empowered to do this, parenting is a journey that will turn your life upside down for the best. (laughs) And also in some ways that you may not have expected. So what I want you to think about is planning for that at the outset. As someone who's experienced fertility treatment myself, I couldn't have necessarily done that without emotional support during that process as well. So start creating your village the minute you start thinking about this. So your child might not have even entered the world yet, and yet it's just a thought in your mind. Start creating your village now. I want to talk about one of my favorite topics, which I struggle with, and that is self-compassion. I know we've touched on this. I thought you were going to say people placing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I struggle with that too, (laughs) but we're going to look at something a little bit more positive, hopefully. Self-compassion. I love the concept of it, mm-hmm. find it really challenging to embody in my own life. And I feel that if you're a single parent by circumstance or by choice, mm. knowing that the buck stops with you mm-hmm. can make it very challenging to be forgiving or to be compassionate to oneself. Do you have any tips on how Single parents can practice self-compassion when things get hard. The first thing I'll always talk about when I'm talking about being compassionate with yourself is self-talk because so often what we're aware of when it comes to our relationship with ourselves is the chatter that goes on in our mind and often that chatter is negative. But there's something else that I think we need to be aware of when it comes to the development of self-compassion and that's empathy and validation. So what happens in your relationship with another person when that relationship with another person is friendly, that you might not know happens because it's not always obvious, is you making space for them to have feelings, you making space for them to be imperfect, you encouraging them when they feel anxious and overwhelmed, and you cheerleading them when they're doing something that creates fear within them. We need to do exactly the same thing for ourselves. And that's self-compassion. It's being able to approach ourselves from a place of empathy. And empathy means being able to uh, put yourself in someone else's shoes and see the world from their perspective. You're doing that for yourself, but you're giving yourself validation and compassion around the experience of being human. This is hard right now. You are doing the very best that you can with what you have available. And it's tough. And no one's really seeing how brave you're being because no one sees you in the middle of the night when you're awake at 3am and you can't get back to sleep and you're wondering how you're going to go to work tomorrow. The attitude of empathy is holding space for yourself. And that's the foundation of self-compassion. 
my bestie's a single mum and she always says to me that she doesn't know how I parent with someone else. <laughs> she likes not having to negotiate with yeah. anyone uh, on how she raises her daughter. We have been speaking about the challenges with single parenting. I just thought it'd be nice to end talking about the positives of being a single parent. So not, not having to negotiate on your parenting style is one of them. Do you have any other ideas? Yeah, absolutely. Just not having to make space in the household for someone else's needs and other adults' <laughs> needs. Yeah. Adults are needy. Like we talk about kids being needy. Adults are needy. Oh, we, yes, we are, are just little children wandering around in big bodies. <laughs> and that comes with big needs. And if you're the only adult in the house, then once the kids go to bed, what you do is up to you. <laughs> You know, if you don't want to deal with the vacuum, if you don't want to do the dishes, you don't need to because the rules are set by you. And it also means that whatever you have strong feelings about when it comes to parenting, those strong feelings are honoured all the time because what you say goes. And as someone with a strong personality, I kind of love that. <laughs> that works for me. So if you're a, you're a single parent who wants to define their own reality, it is up to you. You are literally blazing your own trail here. Beck, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Chef. That was episode nine in our series, Parenting the Parent with Dr. Rebecca Ray. To catch all the episodes, make sure you follow Feed Play Love on the Listener app. Coming up in our next episode, we're talking about the challenges of step parenting. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Feed, Play, Love, a listener original podcast. If there's something you'd like to learn more about, email me at feedplaylove at sca.com.au. I'd love to hear from you. For more great kids and parenting podcasts, check out the listener app and don't forget to follow us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.